As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with cheese is Philadelphia. Bo, Sheila, and Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo, Sheila, and Zach coming at you with steps and things, flapping their wings on Birds with all I know is Zach said he has a game where Seals don't read both 7,000 And I said, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> and so the yeah, purpose that's of- what I, really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader. Hello and welcome to a Wednesday night edition of Birds with Friends. I am Shiel Kapadia in the host seat with Bo Wolf joining us from paternity leave. And of course, the Stone Cold Newsman. Zach Berman is here as well, and thank you to our producer, Kent, who is filling in for Marissa from Fort Worth, Texas, and making the time for this. Uh, so so thank you, Kent, for getting this done. We've got a lot to get to today. Well, I guess so. I mean, nothing really that important because nothing has <laughs> happened since we last spoke, but uh, we'll make something out of it. That's what we got to do. So we will get you updates on Carson Wentz, whether there are updates or not. We will talk about some bold predictions from Zach and Bo. They've got a piece coming up on The Athletic with their Eagles bold predictions for the 2021 year. I have not seen these. I have not heard these. So I look forward to uh, hearing about them and then uh, ripping you both for making some terrible predictions. And then, of course, we will end it. I feel like we haven't done a mailbag in a long time. We got a lot of questions a variety of topics. I was a little bit uh, disappointed. Not a lot uh, of stock market questions. <laughs> For Zach Berman, mm. so feel free to uh, to certainly get those in. But let's start off, Zach. We are here Wednesday night. It feels like the term imminent has been used for, what, two, three weeks now in reference to this Carson Wentz trade, yet he is still a Philadelphia Eagle. What is happening right now with Carson Wentz? Still a Philadelphia Eagle, still unlikely uh, to be a Philadelphia Eagle by the time the season begins, so it's a matter of of when, not if. The question is also to whom. Indications really seem to be that the Indianapolis Colts, and we've discussed this, are the 
the best fit. It's just a matter of price. Our Zach Kiefer, the Colts writer from The Athletic, uh, he has information out there that the conversations with the Colts have continued even during this relative lull. However, the Colts haven't changed their offer, right? So uh, we talked last week about the hypothetical offers between the Colts and the Eagles. It doesn't seem like Colts general manager Chris Ballard is uh, is swayed or more moved by the potential of Wentz going elsewhere. Uh, there was also a report by uh, uh, from Sports Illustrated that the Bears are pushing hard for Wentz, but that they want to know if Wentz wants to come to them. And that is obviously uh, something to consider here too because Wentz exercises leverage. And as our own Bo Wolf has, has pointed out on a few occasions, there could always be a mystery team that we're not discussing. And and uh, the mystery team, as the Phillies once were with Cliff Lee, uh, could always swoop mm, in. That so, was so exciting. What do you think about the Steelers? That's an interesting I, one too. I, I don't think they can. Af- I don't think they can afford it. I mean, we'll see. I guess. You, I guess you can always figure out a way, right? So I. I but but right, they the Eagles, are. My yeah. understanding is is they are a team like the New Orleans Saints, and I guess to a degree the Eagles, where like the the cap situation is real. You know, specifically, I think I hold. I heard uh, or, or saw Joel Corey from CBS Sports writing about it that the Saints have like the worst cap situation or the biggest cap challenge he's ever seen and I think he said the Steelers were second on that list so uh, that would be interesting you know our Steelers writers have certainly been uh, especially Ed Bouchette from The Athletic a longtime Steelers writer he's been saying for weeks now he, oh yeah, he. I, I, I like uh, you know Bouchette does these columns where he gets into his non-football uh, stuff. You know, it's kind of like old school when the the newspaper columnist would do that, and you would read like one bullet point, and it was non-sports, and you're like, ooh, this is I'm getting like a window into this person's life. This is kind of cool. So uh, I do enjoy those. But uh, to his credit, he's been writing for weeks now that do not write in ink that Ben Roethlisberger is returning to the Steelers for 2021. I mean, I haven't seen anybody else put it the way he has, and he ha- he obviously knows that franchise uh, inside and out. So uh, we'll see. I, I mean, I-, I think it would be very challenging for them um, from a-, a cap perspective to take on Wentz, but um, who knows? You know, every year there are teams who we think are in bad cap shape, and then all of a sudden they add a player, and everyone's like, "Wait a minute, how did that happen?" So uh, until we look at it a little, little bit more closely, I guess I shouldn't rule it out completely. I have two take quick Steelers uh, takes here. On Wednesday. Take on, <laughs> take on Wednesday. So uh, the, the first being, a, and, and it's a, it's a, be gone uh, one thing that has, that has come two. up in that's exactly in, uh, what's going on here. In conversations, um, and I, I don't want to say conversations with the teams, but you know when you talk to people around the league, they point out that with the Bears, there's the presence of, of Mitchell Trubisky, who's represented by the same agency as Carson Wentz, right? So if Carson went there, it's theoretically a seat that's not available for Trubisky. Well, that same logic could be applied to the Steelers. The same agency represents Ben Roethlisberger. So I'm not saying that sways one direction or another, but uh, if there was any chance of Roethlisberger returning, obviously Wentz going there would take that away. Uh, my my second Steelers take, and I ha- I I wrote this back during the season when I was talking about a potential Jalen Hurts market, 
And, of course, this was when we were talking about Wentz potentially returning. Uh, I mentioned the Steelers as a team that would make a lot of sense for Jalen Hurts, both based on the cap situation there uh, and kind of Jalen Hurts' personality and the Steelers' personality. It, it, it certainly uh, would would be consistent there. Um, so I'm, I'm not saying the Eagles would trade Jalen Hurts, but if you're talking about the Eagles as a possibility for drafting a quarterback at number six, that's an interesting team. I like because, that. They yeah, can afford a Jalen Hurts rookie contract. They can uh, afford it. He, he would fit in the offense. And, and and you can just see like that that no-nonsense Jalen Hurts personality fitting in quite well in that Steelers organization. I like that. Yeah, I could see that. That's what, when you picture the player in the uniform, you know, just in your head. I, I could certainly, uh, I could certainly see that. I mean, reading between the lines in Pittsburgh, it sounds like they're like Ben, dude, just retire. Like you know, Pouncey retired. We're probably losing Juju, Juju Smith Schuster. We're losing Bud Dupree. We're gonna have to make other concessions here uh, with some of these players because our cap situation. You're coming back for one year, but we're probably not going to be a great team next year. Like This is a time to make a clean break, but it sounds like Roethlisberger saying, I would like to play at least one more year. I think I can play better than I played uh, last year. And so um, we will see what happens there. I mean, their higher-ups have basically been you know, brutally honest that uh, we'll see what happens, and he can't come back on his current contract. We would have to restructure that deal, and so there are a lot of concessions that would need to be uh, agreed to there. Um, and then I would say on on the you know the topic of Bears versus Colts, I think what you tweeted today, Sheila, is is fair, and I think we touched on this before, like um, the like the narrative that's gonna that's going to happen to Carson Wentz in Philadelphia, like he's already he's already become a sort of public enemy number one <laughs> in some some. Uh, corners, but it is hard to blame him. Like, if you were him, of course you'd rather go to the Colts. Of course you'd rather go play with Frank Reich in a team that is in much better shape and uh, there's much more familiarity. Like, this is a playoff-ready team. Like, of course you would rather do that. So um, if, as long as you accept that he wants out, and also it's hard to um, it's hard to blame him for wanting out. Um, you know, it's it's he's right to to prefer Indianapolis if that is indeed what is going on. I've never I've never used this word in in like uh, the proper context. So tell me, am I using this correctly, uh, Bo or, or Zach? That Carson Wentz has agency here. Is that is that mm. used correctly or no? Well, it depends on not what like you're his to sports say. not like his sports agency. Like he he has a say, say like Zach said leverage. Don't people say this is another yeah. word? I swear, like the first thirty six years of my life. No one ever referenced, you know, this person's got agency and, you know, and in, in this, I don't even know if I'm using it correctly in this decision. And now all of a sudden everyone's using it. Did I use that correctly or no? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, well, for those who didn't read my tweet, you know, Bo does a classic there referencing something that uh, a segment of you might have no idea what he's talking about. Just That's what kind it's of all about, over it. All I, all I tweeted was that, you know, if you're Carson Wentz, and though, you know those are your two options, Chicago and Indianapolis, and your career is at a bit of a crossroads here. I mean, you know, these things can end very quickly. I know he's not Blake Bortles, but I was just doing like a free agency oh. uh, qu- quarterback piece for next week. And like, you know, there was a point where Blake Bortles got a big contract. Blake Bortles was in an AFC championship game, and Blake Bortles was out of the league last year until the Rams uh, came calling. And so um, if you're Carson Wentz and you just had the 
season you had and you're 28 years old, now's like the time to, to make the most of your career and get your career on track. And so it makes complete sense that he would rather go to Indianapolis where he knows Frank Reich well, where Press Taylor is going to be, where they have a, a, a good offensive line, where they have stability. You know, that coach and GM, they're not going anywhere anytime soon and so that makes sense as the preference and then you look at Chicago I mean they're like the opposite I I mean they are an unstable franchise you don't know if Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are going to be there a year from now Uh, they do they have not been able to find any answers on offense they've tried Nick Foles they've tried Trubisky they've tried different offensive coordinators and they've had no answers uh, on offense they've got question marks with the supporting cast if Allen Robinson leaves there it is a really you know mediocre to below average supporting cast the offensive line is not as good as Indianapolis and so uh I just basically said uh, it make you know Carson Wentz. It's not his concern what the best deal is for the Eagles. Uh, you know his only concern is where do I where can I have the most success here in the next stage of my career. And other you know people fired back and said, well, it's not the Eagles' concern what Carson Wentz wants, and that's true. But it is the Bears' concern because if you're going to be giving up draft capital and if you're going to be paying a guy uh, what they're going to be paying him over the next two years and before you make the deal. His agent or he or somebody in his camp tells you, listen, he doesn't really want to be uh, in Chicago. And sometimes you would say, all right, who cares? Call his bluff. He's going to play anyway. But let's be honest. There have been issues with Wentz in the locker room and coachability and and all those things here uh, in Philadelphia that have come to the surface here in the last year. So I think if you are the Bears and you're weighing your options, that would be something that you have to take seriously. Agreed there. Uh, one last piece of news, and I, I don't mean to deviate from the Wentz conversation uh, because or the septum. Can- I knew I like. I wish you know uh, we have Bet MGM. The next step for Bet MGM is let me bet on stuff like that. Like I just I don't know if I need a chip in my brain or something. Where during that one second there, if I could have put whatever money the Capadias have in the bank, the house, the cars, whatever that Bo was going. As soon as I heard deviated, I go oh, all right. Here it comes that I was going to hear septum. I would have put everything on that, and I would have made a lot of money. So. Uh, Bet yeah, MGM. very predictable. Uh, let's, uh, let's work on that, please. Zach, sorry, go ahead. So the Eagles made the first transaction of the Nick Sirianni era. Uh, oh, this is, what you're, this is what you're chiming in with? It's the end of the news segment, right? So I, I you know, I, I didn't want to... Just one last thing trip. on Carson Wentz. He's got a new teammate. No, no, I, I don't want to deviate from Wentz, but if we are shifting gears here in the... Uh, into the next segment, I think it's worth mentioning that the Eagles uh, claimed Shaquille, Shaquille, I don't quite know how to pronounce the first name, Thomas, off waivers from the Giants. He played <laughs> for... Shaquille Thomas or Thomas Shaquille? <laughs> it's S-H-A-K-A-I-L, I believe. What do you think that is? Shaquille? Sha- Shaquille. Shaquille, Shaquille, yeah. It's Shaquille? Okay. No, I don't uh, think it's Shaquille. So- is it? I don't know. We should probably know that. But yeah. anyway, you, you'll oh. learn it in uh, training camp or OTAs. <laughs> so, uh, so they claimed him off off waivers from the Giants. He opted out last year as a high-risk opt-out. Uh, but he played in 2019 with the Indianapolis Colts, where his position coach, of course, was Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles' new defensive mm. coordinator. So the Eagles are continuing to uh, have, as people used to say about Chip Kelly, the, about the Oregon bias, that Indianapolis Colts <laughs> bias. They are building a... 
they are trying to model themselves after a team that won 28 and 20 in the past three years and won one playoff game. So, so I was wondering this. Uh, you guys will know the answer to this. Will the Col- Colts have more coaches? I think the I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. The Colts will have more coaches from the Eagles Super Bowl team than the Eagles will have from the Eagles Super Bowl team. Correct? Are you only counting like position coaches? As a po- as opposed to what life coaches? No, like assistant, like you know, like uh, like TJ Paganetti, for example. Oh, that's a good is, point. That's a good point. Uh, point. Who, who is yeah, the offensive it, quality control coach now? But he was if on the they staff. are if they are in the uh, section of the website where when I click on coaches, if yes, their name are. shows up, then they count. And then the answer I is still it, yes. No, are you sure? Oh well, you got three <laughs> in Indianapolis, right? Frank Reich, Press Taylor, Mike Rowe. Right. Uh, in Philly, you have J- J- Jeff Stoutland and Pagnetti, and yeah. whom I. That's it. Are you sure? Among the coaches, yes, right? Like, if, if you're... Hmm. Okay. Well, listen, you know, because I shouldn't they have brought it Aaron up. Moorhead. They retained <laughs> yeah. Aaron Moorhead, who was not there, obviously, during the Super Bowl season. Right. And they, they didn't retain anyone from the defensive staff, correct? Yeah. Uh, okay. They I didn't retain any of the special teams guys. And, so, Roy, yeah, and so Roy Eastvan came in in 18, I think. Exactly. That's correct. correct. It was Eugene mm. Chung before that. All right. Well, uh, if I know anything about Zach, he'll be uh, double checking this as soon as the episode is over. So, Zach, you can let us know next time it. whether that is, in fact, correct or not. Uh, one question that uh, Zeburn brought up as we were doing show prep is what is the uh, am I framing? Am I uh, saying this correctly, Zach? The lowest offer? You yeah, would the floor, t- accept basically. Yep. the floor you would accept if you were the Eagles right now. And you guys can think about that and then give me your answer. But uh, just I just want to say this idea that, uh, you know, the Eagles could potentially still bring back Carson Wentz to me is just completely laughable. Like if they did not get the offer they wanted, oh, you know, they would say, all right, let's go ahead and bring him back. I mean, they made a decision that they did not want to pay this guy $40 million over the next two years, and they wanted to take the biggest cap hit in NFL history because they think they have no chance of being able to fix him. And so the idea that they would make that decision and then say, well, we really wanted two seconds and we're only getting a third and a fourth. So uh, we'll just hold on to him and totally change what our plans were with these huge implications going forward. I think there's no chance of that. I know they're trying everything uh, in their power to show that, uh, you know, they have options on the table and that some team, hey, you better pay up because otherwise you're not going to get them. Uh, it just feels like any team that has been interested in Wentz has called their bluff. And I'm not I'm not ripping, by the way, uh, the Eagles or Howie Roseman for this. They, they should be doing that. You know, you should be doing everything in your power to try to drum up the biggest market possible so that you can maximize compensation. I'm just telling you that it's, uh, you know, complete nonsense that they would be able to bring Wentz back, even though Bo... Uh, uh, did would you give him an eight on that exercise? What that did you like black out or something? What was that? That was incredible. Well, he's on the team. It's like it's I don't know. It's not the I don't think it's the craziest thing. It's not that much crazier than like uh, Jason Peters coming back. All right. uh, someone says Shields hair has a better chance of coming back than Carson Wentz does. That was a like great photo today. Uh, yeah, that you know I'm not happy that when you like Google image. Uh, my name that you know the headshot options are are not very good whenever i'm doing like a radio hit and there was somebody who put like a uh 
goofy mustache on me from like a uh, ESPN hit. And for some reason, Google Images thinks that this should be like the first photo that shows up when you search uh, Shiel Kapadia. So, uh, you know, if we could get anybody to work on that, that would be uh, welcome. All right, Zach, what is the floor? Now that I just said there's no way they can bring him back, what is the floor of what you would accept or maybe what you think uh, Howie Roseman would accept for a Wentz deal? A second-round pick is the floor. Whoa! That's you. That's That's not Howie, though. No, that's me. I mean, that's that's the floor. You know, I I still think that Carson's worth a first-round pick. Clearly, I am wrong because— if a first round pick was out there, I imagine a first round pick would have been accepted uh, by this point. You're not a hundred percent wrong. We we don't know that. I mean, I don't. True. I don't think that's True. the case. But it wouldn't be the biggest surprise. I just think at this point, right? Like, like what's changing in the net? Unless there's another uh, quarterback who is going to go in the next few days to a team that that might be, you know, that that might be looking for one, and and so then there's there's not a seat, you know, that that so. If, if there were fewer quarterbacks available, essentially, uh, perhaps. But I don't see, like, I don't know what they're holding out for now unless there's a, a team that's just going to increase their offer. Uh, so I I would still say a second. I think a, a, a quarterback who's 28 years old, who's played at the level uh, that Carson's played at, deserves at least a second. And the last thing I'll say here is there would be it's not a bit of irony, but just just uh, an uh, an odd fact here. If Sam Bradford yields that much more for the Eagles than Carson mm. Wentz, I think he will. I it mean, looks that way, right? Yeah, um, I think you know it's what would I take if you are if you are committed to moving on with Carson Wentz and this is you know beyond the point of no return, which it seems to be. Like, what's the floor that I would take to move on with my life? Like a fifth round pick? As, you can't take that cap it for a fifth round pick. You, you have to. You're though. taking the cap. You're taking the cap you're, it. Like, you're at that point, anyway. At that point, you got to be just like George Costanza, and you know you come back to work like and, and pretend nothing happened, right? <laughs> you know, I think that's like there's you you don't take a thirty five million dollar cap it, or I'm sorry, thirty three million dollar cap it um, for a fifth round pick. Like him leaving the building. It's a, no, is but not it's a that. sunk. It's a sunk cost. They want to move on from the player. This and, I, and this isn't. This isn't just about twenty twenty one. You know, Jeffrey Lurie was very clear, and and this was the one you know thing that he said that made sense and was truthful. Was that twenty twenty one is kind of about charting the course for twenty twenty two and beyond. And so if you keep Carson Wentz, now all of a sudden you have a quarterback who you have fifteen million dollars guaranteed to for twenty twenty two. You're putting Pushing everything down the road, uh, down the line, down the river. Right. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. You're taking that. You're taking that. Yeah. You're, you're taking the fifth round pick to free up fifteen million dollars next year. Yeah, That's Jeffrey, what you're doing. It's it's essentially like a Brock Osweiler type deal. But yeah, I I, I understand. Jeffrey yeah. Lurie also said he has two quarterbacks who are assets. If you're taking okay. the fifth well, round Howie, pick, Howie Roseman also said losing Carson Wentz would be like losing one of the fingers on his hand. Mm. I don't, he did we don't say see that. like you know trade negotiations happening uh, on his other we gotta, fingers. We got to make sure we get Bo a question in that uh, post-trade Howie Roseman <laughs> press conference so he can he can bring that up about how are your hands okay, Howie? By the question way, the, oh my <laughs> gosh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Look at that. I mean, really, come leader. on. I this is that. what has to show up when you start. I mean, listen, I'm trying to be professional here. You know, people are looking for headshots. 
For the audio-only listeners, this is uh, Kent has found the mustache picture of Sheila, and it is now up. I gotta say, I and am now, did you have full, full suit on that day, square, or, or was that a day when you had shorts? You know, no, those I, ESPN no, guys? I, I, okay. no, no, I always uh, I, at the facility, I always wore the full suit. Now, um, okay. what what I did have to do at times was on the back deck there in Kirkland, Washington. They give you your own, uh, you know, they give you kind of an extra iPhone and a tripod, and so. You, you set it up and you're standing there with a mic and you're like, uh, you know, you're on uh, TV or, or online or whatever it is, but you're just kind of by yourself with no, you know, no one helping you out. And so that's when I would get a little bit weird where I would have that and then maybe some <laughs> mesh shorts and flip flops and I'm on my deck and I'm just thinking like, if a neighbor is looking at me right now, I look like such a pervert or something with this camera on me and a suit and shorts and they probably had no idea uh, what was going on there. But yes, thank you. Uh, thank you, Kent, very much for uh, finding that. I think the viewers very much enjoyed it. I would be more in the boat of Bo probably. You know, I was going to say fourth round pick, but honestly, if we had an organizational decision and we said, this guy's not fixable, we don't want him, uh, we don't want to pay him, then I would probably be willing to go lower. Basically, you know, whatever you're getting where you're not taking on uh, bad contracts or you're not the one giving up picks or anything like that. Uh, you know, that, that would probably be where I was at. But, you know, a lot of that had to be decided kind of a while ago you know I, I think if you were saying we only want to trade him if we get x then i think you probably would have gone about this in a very different way and that right. hasn't been the case i mean this has been pretty much as public uh, a trade shopping a player as you can get other than like uh you know matthew stafford where you're actually going and giving a press conference and saying we are going to trade the player aside from that this is about as obvious as you can get there so uh, anyway it, it sounds like it sounds like you guys are of the opinion that the Eagles want this outcome, right? Like that 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 the Eagles want to move on from Carson. It's because not necessarily I, that they want to. It's just that there is now no path forward. Like of that course is, they no, want to. Wait, what are you talking it, about? But, but 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 like Shields' point was that was that they've concluded he can't be fixed, and they don't want that cap obligation going forward. Um, my interpretation of this, and, and this very well might be wrong, was is is that like Carson's unhappy. This is just a marriage that has ended poorly, and it's a it's a divorce. But this is not the outcome that the Eagles wanted. Like like they haven't, they didn't look at this, and and it's it's not like the Rams with Jared Goff, where they're like, we just need we need to move on from this guy. It's it's more like. Something there's that there's this disconnect here that they don't believe they can get past. I I disagree. Uh, I mean, okay. I, I think yeah. I, I don't I don't disagree that Wentz wants out. I think that's you know pretty obvious that he would like a fresh start. But I I don't think that's the only thing you factor here because if you're a franchise, you know you have uh, you have control over the situation. You could say, I mean, you really if you believed in him and you believed that you could fix him and that this guy was going to be even you know a, a top ten quarterback for the next three years and you really wanted to make it work, I mean you you have the you're able to do that i mean you can say you're under contract carson uh you know we've paid you we signed you to a 128 million dollar extension we've got a new coaching staff coming in let's kind of refresh it the past is the past let's move forward together you're our guy and we're gonna make this work 
And that's not the conclusion that they came to for reasons sure. that we've d- discussed because there are a lot of reasons why Carson Wentz is not going to be the guy some think uh, he could be, whether it's the uh, accuracy issues or the fumbling or an inability to kind of fix some of those flaws. Or uh, we could go on and on about some of the other rumored stuff, but those are kind of the uh, con- that's the concrete evidence. And so uh, I think they've decided, you know, if they thought he was going to be that guy, they really would have, I think, gone above and beyond to try to make this work and say, I under, we understand how you feel, but sorry, you know, we, we believe in you and let's go forward. And he really would have had no other choice unless he's willing to sit out games over this. And, and um, you know, I, I don't know that he would be willing to go that far. And I think if I, I think it's somewhere a little bit in the middle, um, but I think like if if they had decided that Carson Wentz was our quarterback at the end of the season and they wanted to move forward with him as the franchise, they would have done what you said they were going to do, Zach, which was come out and say from the beginning of the offseason, Carson Wentz is our starting quarterback, mm-hmm. and, and there's no question about that. By leaving the door open at all, uh, I think they were prepared for this inevitability. And And it appears you guys are much more right on this that's a bad way of phrasing it you guys are 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 correct on this and i am i am the wrong one because i i've been wrong frankly for the past month right like i thought when they hired sirianni they were going to try to fix carson um i I, where i disagree with shield is that like the texans are essentially doing what you said with deshaun watson right deshaun watson doesn't want to be there and they're saying we, you know, we love you. You're our guy. You're our quarterback, right? And, Boy, is and, that, and there are some weird things going on there, huh? Well, oh, in Houston? Or, yeah. I thought you meant it like, like yeah, I thought you meant it like closet. Zach's background or something. Yeah, like, or what's the comments going section? on? Yeah, did my kid come behind you? Me you you yeah. did say that weirdly, Bo. It was very like cryptic. There <laughs> yeah. are some weird things going on there, <laughs> yes. just in the middle of like a Zach <laughs> sentence. So, so, uh, but. Where is this going to go with Houston? So it, it's just going to get messier, it seems. And and clearly the so so I figured the Eagles don't want this to get messy. So they concluded like for both sides, let's let's move on. Um, but that might not be the case, and it might be that they've made this evaluation, and it's better to get out now than you know it's the term sunk cost, like you said, right? You you can't worry about the price you paid. You can't worry about the investment you made. Because that that cost has already been paid. Now you just need to cut your losses. Okay, let me ask you this then. Let's say that uh, Deshaun. Let's say that everything's sim- everything's the same except basically uh, Carson Wentz played like Deshaun Watson played last mm-hmm. year and has had his career and is twenty six years old. Do you still think the Eagles would be trading him right now? Uh, it's a great I th- question. I think no zero way. chance. No way. No zero way. No, chance. But, but like they would be is... going above his billboard would be his yeah. face would be on the side of the link and they would say we are all in on uh, Deshaun. Uh, you know, we're going to go for we know he doesn't want to be here, but we're going to do everything to make it work. We signed him to a contract. We understand his frustrations. There would be ways to massage that situation. I mean, Houston to me, uh, you're right. You know, in that in that Watson is 
I mean, there are some similarities, but I do think it's different. I mean, Watson has had pretty well-defined reasons for why he's upset, why he's angry. He made specific requests for what he wanted the team to do as they were starting this new era. They did not do it. They've got a situation where Jack Easterby is getting rid of people left and right. Uh, The team is an absolute disaster. There's no stability. He may have an issue with the owner. And so I think that is a very, uh, I think that's a unique situation. I think if the Eagles believed in the quarterback as much as they would have if Wentz had played like Deshaun Watson, then they would not be coming close to uh, doing what they're doing right now with Wentz. And think about this from like the the Jeffrey Leary perspective, Zach, which which I know that you have talked about before, like how much Jeffrey Leary has talked forever about like the maniacal search for finding a franchise quarterback. That is where everything starts. If he had Deshaun Watson, he would fire everybody he needed to fire to keep Deshaun Watson in the building. I think it tells you what he thinks of Carson Wentz that he's even willing to entertain the trade because of how much he wants a franchise quarterback for this team. And I think that's what's going to color, you know, the next three years of this franchise life cycle. You know what, you guys, I hear your point. Uh, and this might be a, a bad counter, but I, I would also say, like, this is the era of sports that we're in right now. And I, I know every league is different, but there's a reason why James Harden is on the Nets. And there's a reason why Nolan Arenado is on the Cardinals. And, and you can go on down the list. And it's something Joe Banner has talked about on, on Twitter, right? Like the player empowerment era. If Carson Wentz decides... I don't want to be in Philadelphia. If Deshaun Watson decides, I don't want to be in Houston, teams can say, you signed a contract X months ago. In Carson Wentz's case, it's it's 20, 21 months ago now. Um, but, uh, like, uh, and, and you can exercise that leverage. But the player can say, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make life miserable for you until you trade me. And this is what's happened in sports. Um you know, I understand sometimes the contract is the impetus of it. If you look at like Anthony Davis, but but James Harden's a great example, right? He he did not want to be there anymore. Deshaun Watson did not want to be there anymore, or, or does not want to be there anymore. I'm fascinated to see how that situation plays out. I don't know if if it's an apples to apples comparison because Carson clearly did not play at that level. But if Carson was determined to make this miserable for the Eagles. Like, I have problems with you as an organization. I want to leave. Um, then maybe they, you know, they can deduce. Like, we did We did not want it to reach this point. But if this is going to, if this is what it's going to be, let's get value for you now. I think players can do that in this situation. I don't think the Eagles were motivated to sure. say, no, uh, no we're, we're, we're keeping you because we believe in you. Uh, I Fair think enough. if they if they were motivated, they would have acted in a different way. Okay. And good uh, for the players. Yeah. That's all. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. All right, I am going to uh, call a bit of an audible here in the host chair. I got to make the most of uh, make the most of this, and uh, you know, good. we just we went much longer on segment one than I was anticipating. We got a lot of questions, and so we're going to bag the bold predictions for now. You yeah, know, we read will, that bad boy. Yeah, we read that bad boy on The Athletic. By the way, you can see if you're watching, theathletic.com slash birds with friends, that special just flashing at you the entire time. I got to say, it's been very effective. We've been looking at, uh, you know, how many of you have been subscribing with that special code because it's $3.99 per month. It's the best deal you can get, theathletic.com slash birds with friends. So when's that? that? One thing with the the predictions, and I will just bring this up to you. It's Give a it one-word answer from you, okay? Because okay. you can read the predictions tomorrow like to get the answer from Bo and and from me. Ooh, I'm um, excited. Who is the starting left tackle next year? Myelata or Dillard? Myelata. Okay. Read tomorrow to find out more. Zach and I have contrasting bold predictions. Oh, all right. Well, you know, I think there were questions about these guys. So who knows? Yeah. I think we're, we might get into some of the stuff you covered uh, in the predictions here. Uh, by the way, Zach, people are uh, really think you're looking great tonight. You know, yeah. really multiple oh, people. That. They're saying you're looking svelte. <laughs> Have you been working out in the offseason? Uh, is there anything new that you're doing? I'm, I'm, I'm being more cognizant of what I eat. Uh, oh, very and, nice. Yeah. So that's, Can you be more that, specific? Are you cutting out. anything out? Are you cutting out some carbs or sugar or anything like that or no? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I was, it's, I mean, it, I, uh, in the past few months I have figured I'm home. I'm eating at home every night, uh, basically. Uh, well, yeah, I'm eating at home every night. Uh, and so, uh, being smart on a, uh, just a lot of proteins and, and, uh, veggies and, and less, uh, oh, I like and that. less carbs and sugar, things like that. So, okay. Very nice. I had a uh, pizza for dinner tonight, so I am envious of you. <laughs> Pizza's great. Yeah, I went to my, uh, I have been. I've been trying to slow. I feel like I was on just like a sugar binge for like a uh, you know two month stretch there, and so I'm trying to. You know, this, the thing is, you know, I'm going to throw my family under the bus. They 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 love the sweets. Everybody's got a sweet tooth, so I can't say to the kids like we're not going to get you a donut because. Daddy can't control himself and will have to get one and eat one. So, uh, you know, that has been the challenge in the Capati household. Although I have, uh, you, you know, know, one you thing. You love a donut. Oh, love a donut. I, if I, like, it will be donut or ice cream. If it's like one sweet for the rest of your life, what are you going with? I think I would probably go ice cream just because I feel like those yeah. are available more. Uh, what, what would be your guys' uh, one oh, tasty tough. treat? You got to limit it to one. 
Uh, you ice know, cream or cookies? I, I I would go. Yeah, ice cream, cookie. Probably. I was just thinking yeah, like a nice good. chocolate chip cookie is yeah. very nice. But ice cream so vert like ice cream you can have yeah. that in the summer. It's always you available. You know, if you're you see a Mr. Salty truck, you're at a sporting event, you can get the Ben and Jerry's delivered. I mean, there are so many ways to obtain the ice cream that I feel like. The, plus the I ice cream would, cake. Well, I don't know. That yeah. might be separate. I think I would probably go ice cream too. Casey is is just like loving ice cream right now. He's just uh, like the, the giddiest smile on his face. Uh, uh, kids eating ice cream. ice cream. That's what it's about. I'll say right. I, I I don't think uh, I don't think what I'm eating is 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 podcast fodder. But this is something I think both you guys can agree oh, with. Oh, give uh, it to so, me. You got something good? So well, well. So my yeah my my wife is is like respecting my willpower here over the past few months with this. But the biggest. Um, hurdle that I find the biggest challenge is when my kids have leftover food because they're oh, eating yeah chicken nuggets french fries oh, pizza, grilled cheese like quesadilla yeah. and, mac and cheese and you don't want to waste the food Are you don't want to waste the that? food and it's sitting there and it's like like Elio's pizza looks so good when it's you know you know and, uh, um, old school and so that's that's uh that's the biggest challenge like I can prepare uh a fine meal for myself that would suffice. the The issue is when my kids are saying they're finished, and you just want to finish what's in front of them. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, you don't want to waste the food. It's it's exactly. the uh, you know the balance is always if you've got the three things like you want something healthy, you want something cheap, and you want something fast. It's hard to get all three, so you got to pick two out of three. Mm. Well said. Yeah, no, that that that's a hundred percent true, man. That quesadilla is just actually, I just yeah, I did this the other day. They got a, they got these like cinnamon rolls, you know. For uh, uh, Leela had a, I don't know if it was a doctor or a dentist appointment, but you know we're we're not opposed to bribing, and so uh, we'll say, all right, do a good job here, and then you know on your, I think basically on the way home from any one of those appointments, they get to pick out um, a, a treat that we'll stop and get, and so they got these like cinnamon buns, cinnamon roll things, and. Uh, it's a little, little sitting there. And, uh, you know, it's not like they're saying, I'm done with this. I will actually say, uh, are you finished with this? Or are you going to eat the rest of this? No, Dad, you, you can have it. And so then I go and I take it. But uh, what are you going to do? The joys it's of fun. sharing. You're, you're teaching them how to yeah. share. That's good. That's right. All right. Some questions. Thank you to everyone who submitted uh, questions here. We got a good one that's right on topic. A great segue from our previous segment, a little turkeys to the kingdom. This is from Nico. Strong name. I like the name Nico. Starting quarterback for week one. Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, or other. And you get what? A hundred turkeys, Bo? Is that mm-hmm. that's yes. how it works, right? Yes. Bo is doing the math. I see uh, I see him putting pen to paper. Zach's doing the math in his head there. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Uh I will go um I will go first here. I will go. 50 for Jalen Hurts, 49 for other, one for Carson Wentz. Hmm. I, I think there's a – I am not convinced that Jalen Hurts is the guy, and I think he showed a lot of potential, and I think it, it could be the type of thing where, all right, he's the guy for a year. They'll see what they have in him, and if not, they're getting into the Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter – um, I mean, Jaden Daniels. You pick who will like like who the top guys are, are going to be next year. But uh, I I think couldn't that tell you if, like any of the guys you just said. <laughs> if a quarterback <laughs> is if a quarterback is on the board at six, um, if one of those top three guys drops, uh, I can definitely see them pulling the trigger. And I wouldn't rule out a, a, a trade up 
if they're not giving up next year's one. Mm, okay. I will go. Good. I've got Jalen and Hurts at 61, other at 38, and Carson Wentz at one. So uh, similar to yours, Zach, I would just say I would lean a little bit more towards Hurts over uh, mystery mystery player. Not you know, I agree with everything you said. I think there's a chance they could take a quarterback at six. I think they could go in a different direction, but um, I feel like 61% feels like uh, a good percentage for Hertz's chances at being the starter week one at least. I feel I feel pretty strongly that it's going to be Jalen Hurts hmm. next year. Um, oh. So I have I wanted to give uh, I wanted to give Carson Wentz eight just for Shield. Um, so he's got eight. <laughs> Uh, 70 for Hertz and 22 for other. And I don't think that's necessarily what I would do. Uh, I think they should you know, definitely be doing the due diligence on these quarterbacks. And if they like one of the quarterbacks, they should absolutely pull the trigger. But I think the way that this whole thing is set up, uh, you know, pointing toward next year when you're going to have cap space, when you can get off of uh, – you, you can f- like fully turn the page – you give Jalen Hurts one year to see what he can do, uh, playing at a low, you know, and a, a rookie contract. And if he fails, fine. You've got an early pick next year and whatever assets you're getting from the Wentz deal. And if he doesn't fail, great. Um, I think. I think. What if you I go just, six? What if you go six and ten, seven and nine, with Hurts, and he's okay? He's like the twenty-second best quarterback. Yeah, that's not great. And you, but you have the you have more of the information um, to make that evaluation. I just think I think that is what they are going to do. I think I think they are going to want to like fully reset next year. Let's see what Jalen Hurts can do this year. Uh, I think they should like you know and if they if Trey Lance is there and they like Trey Lance, <laughs> oh they, like your evaluation on him is good. You know who cares that Carson Wentz went to North Dakota State? You should draft Trey Lance. They care. Right. They, don't I, I, I don't even think they would do it. I don't even think they. Um, would, I don't think they would. I don't think they would do I it mean, either. Not that that's the right thing, but uh, as we've I said, I totally they, agree. They've got cauliflower ears, as I like to call them. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think I feel I feel stronger than um, than I would do. Like I, I think that they are going to go with Jalen Hurts for a year. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's the most likely scenario, and I don't think that's a bad uh, process to take. Is is what you just said? Go roll with Hertz. If he stinks, you get a high pick. If he's good, that's a great outcome. Um, the issue would be if he's in the middle, but uh, like you said, then you have more information, and you can also make moves between now and the twenty twenty two draft to try to accumulate uh, assets any way you can to get draft capital. If you think you're going to have to make a big move. Uh, in next year's draft. All right. Uh, from Brian, would you give up Dillard as a sweetener in a Carson Wentz deal to get a first round pick as opposed to a second round pick? And he points out that uh, that would help the Colts who lost sure. Anthony Costanzo to uh, retirement, their left tackle, which we've talked about. And he says the Bears need offensive line help, which is also true. Uh, or and he said, or is that giving up too soon on Dillard and putting too much faith in Jordan Mailata. I would absolutely do that. I would have yeah. done that yesterday if it was offered. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, so would I. And uh, a, I, I was going to say a sneak peek into what I wrote for I'm surprised tomorrow. by that Should've, answer, actually, yeah. 
No, I mean, I, I would rather Jordan Mailata at, at left tackle than, than Andre Dillard. I think he's 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 younger. He, for the time being, he's less money, and uh, he has more potential, and frankly, he might be better right now. Um, that being said, the Eagles have made an investment in Andre Dillard, three draft picks in 2019, uh, and I, I understand the concept of a sunk cost here, but I, I don't think Andre Dillard will be a backup tackle on the Eagles, right? Like, I don't think he's your swing tackle. I think if Andre Dillard is on the, the Eagles, I think, it, exactly. So I think if Andre Dillard is is on the team, he is your left tackle. If he is not going to be your left tackle, then they should trade him. And I think it makes a lot of sense to trade him now before the draft, before free agency, before some of these seats are filled, before Orlando Brown is traded or whatever it may be. Um, because, uh, you know, I, and and we discussed this back in the summer, and Shield made a good point that, like, he's under contract. He makes sense for you as a reserve um, just, just based on probably what you can get for him. Um, that being said, I think that if he's if he's not your starter, trade him right now. Yeah, I, I agree think with that's that. Per- I think I now think is the time to trade him because you can also sell it. Like now is the time where you can sell it as we found Jordan Mailata. We hit on this lottery ticket that we didn't expect to hit on. So that makes Dillard superfluous for us. It's why we're willing to trade him. He, we're not just yes. giving up on this guy. And there's not enough tape on him because he got hurt last year that other teams can't decide that they don't like him as much either. They're still going off of their own pre-draft evaluations. I I think that I totally agree. Now is the time to do it. And if you can, you know, combine him with Carson Wentz to get uh, just a little bit better value, I think that's exactly what what they should do. Uh, I think we might be overrating. I think that would be a good move for the Eagles because – like, that's not nothing to go from a two to a one. I mean, you know, you're talking about I don't have, like, the, you know, draft value chart or anything in front of me, but that's what, like, the value of a second-round pick, right? You know, it, when teams when teams that's trade true. up to get from the second round to the first round, like, that's what they're going to have to give up at a minimum. And so if you're getting, like, a second-round pick value... Yeah, right. That's overstating how what, much he's worth, probably. But, but, but in this context, it's kind of weird, right? Because you could be, like, on the fence with a deal with the Colts, and you say, all right, we'll throw in Dillard, and maybe they scouted Dillard and really like him, and so maybe you can uh, do it that way. But, yeah, if you look at kind of... If you, if you break it down, um, you know asset by asset there, for, for lack of a better term, then you would really be getting more value than I think you should be getting for Dillard, which is to say, if you just put Dillard on the open market and said, hey, we're trading Andre Dillard, what's anyone going to give up? I mean, I don't fourth. think at this point, yeah, anyone is giving up more than a fourth, which is why I made the point before that I think at that point, if Stoutland still believes in him um, and you still think he could play, be like a competent tackle, then you're probably you probably benefit from just keeping him because you're going to need a uh, third tackle there. So it's uh, you know an interesting thing to weigh though, um, one way or the other. All right, Sean says, with trust seemingly being the reason for the potential split of the Eagles and Wentz, what could both sides have done to help prevent this issue from happening, given the major ramifications it will have for both parties? That's a good question. It's a great question. I wish I had a good answer, and yeah. because this has come up here in the past few weeks, and I would love to talk to Carson Wentz to really get a sense here. I, I, I think, and, and we've touched on this a few times in these podcasts, the Eagles, uh, for lack of, of a better term, have enabled Carson Wentz, right? I think they've created an environment 
that has allowed this to happen where Carson has has been um yeah I, I, yeah they've enabled him and uh it's probably not an apples for apples comparison um but you know I, you read all those stories when LeBron James went from the Cavs to the Heat and uh he couldn't believe how much different it was in terms of like everything was catered to him in Cleveland and in Miami it was much more structured um, the Eagles have really tried to cater to Carson, and I, I think that uh, the next time they have a franchise quarterback, if it's Jalen Hurts or if it's someone else, I think they really need to view it from an organizational perspective. Uh, what's the best way to support a franchise quarterback without like giving him too much rope to hang himself, so to speak? Uh, from Carson's perspective, I wish I had more clarity there, uh, and I'm Looking forward to finding out more. Yeah, I mean, this one is hard to answer without knowing the exact um, specifics. But, you know, what are the things that Carson is aggrieved about? Is it uh, the way his injuries have been handled over the course of five seasons? That's a good one. uh, You know, the Jalen Hurts pick and whether or not that was communicated appropriately to him. Is it the way that things were then handled with uh, hurts this season and the way that he was replaced is it uh, you know the coaching or just failure to surround him with you know good weapons adequate weapons over the course of the last three years I don't know it's it's hard to know what, it, what without knowing exactly what he's upset about it's hard to know what they could have done differently although I think we've all said like they could have at least supported him better um, in terms of offensive personnel over the past couple of years yeah that, that's like the when you said that I was like oh that's the big one you know Add bet, make better personnel decisions. Add better players so that he has more of a chance. And you know, I, I'm the one who's kind of been saying that there's been too many, too much excuse making for Wentz. But still, if you're looking at how this could have led to a better outcome, that would have been one thing. I think certainly you could look at the, you know, I think most of the stuff with the Hurts pick is nonsense. But certainly you could have used that uh, on a better player. The the medical staff there, Bo, that, that, I thought that was a, uh, a good point. Certainly, if you could have got that in order early in his career. You know, with the stuff you were talking about, Zach, it's tough because in year two, the guy was unbelievable, you know? And sure. so, like, it, it, success happened very quickly in terms of what it normally, how it normally happens for an NFL quarterback. So, like, if you're the organization and you're looking at what happened in 2017 and how well he's played I can kind of understand saying, let's, you know, this is our guy. We're going all in on him. Um, and that's how we're going to handle it. Uh, from Wentz's perspective, I mean, I feel like, and maybe this is the team too, but I, I kind of wish there would have been a focus on mechanics like around the, you know, 12 months out of the year. And, you know, I'm not saying he hasn't put in work or whatever, but you can just, we can only go by the results and like the issues he's having in 2020 are issues he had in 2016. And you feel like if the, if he was able to work on that and, you know, if someone could have told him me after every off season, Hey, this is something, if we let this go and you're not working on this, like constantly, this is going to be a big issue. Your accuracy is going to suffer. It's going to affect every part of your game and you really need to focus on it and and kind of hone in on it uh, around the clock, then I don't know. I, I think that probably would have led to a little bit of a, uh, certainly a better player, but anyway. And, uh, and, 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 and that's part of what I was alluding to. And the person who went on record with this was Malcolm Jenkins in that Rich Eisen interview when he, I'm paraphrasing here, but he, he basically said the Eagles were so worried about Carson's 
you know, you know, I, I think he said his his ego was the word. Um, but the accountability that you hold a lot of other people to in terms of you need to get better at this or, or like this is what's expected of you. Um, I don't know if that was necessarily up upheld uh, in Carson's case. And I would say as far as putting people around him, clearly they missed on picks, right? But I've, I've made this point on this podcast. I mean, five of their, you know, they haven't drafted a defensive player in the first, in the first two rounds since 2017. So since that year, every first and second round pick has been an offensive player. Um, they've, since that year, when they, they signed Alshon and Torrey Smith, but since then, they traded for Deshaun Jackson because there was this thought that they needed to have a, a deep threat for him. That was a major investment. Um, they've they so call uh, it a major they, investment. That was a, a I, I mean a double figure contract. That's a major investment. Yeah, yeah uh, you know um, I wouldn't call it a major. I don't know. There's an opportunity to cost just, that, right? You're going to invest. That's that's big money for a wide receiver, right? Um, you know they they thought they drafted the left tackle of the future for him. They've paid other guys on the offensive line. Uh, you know they've they've drafted. They drafted a receiver in the first round this year, receiver in the second round last year, tight end in the second round in 2018. Like, if I'm the Eagles, I'm saying to Carson, all we've done is tried to put people yeah. around you. I, well, I know try. they haven't. Although they screwed, yeah, they. I, it yeah. wasn't their. It wasn't that their resource allocation was bad. It was that their the players they chose did not. Although there are times when the resource allocation also. I know bad. that's yeah. right. Oh, don't you don't have to tell me about that? Yeah, we only <laughs> talked about last year not signing a wide receiver before the draft. You know, sure. painting yeah. him into a into a. A tough corner, but yeah, like you can't you can't go to Carson and say, "Well, listen, we you know we took JJ Arthago Whiteside. Why are you so upset? Like we right. drafted a receiver in the second round. Well, you know he didn't help me very much. So okay, uh, this is from uh, the Jaker. It says who will be the first coach? From I'm the going twi- to become the Jaker. The first coach from the 2020 hiring cycle to get fired. I think I've got them all here, Ooh. but I, oh yeah, I if you have them, that'd be great. Missing somebody, Urban Meyer. This is really just an opportunity for Bo to talk about <laughs> Urban Meyer. Uh, Brandon Staley, Dan Campbell, Nick Sirianni, Arthur Smith, Robert Sala, David Culley. I, I, I don't think I'm missing anybody, but I think there were seven, right? Yeah. Uh, now, are we answering who's going to be the first to be fired or who's going to be the first to no longer be the head coach? Mm. Uh, let's say no longer be the head coach. Yeah, I like okay. that. Because that's Urban I would Meyer. Say, cool. Who will last the longest? Yeah. Uh, who will I mean, last, who will the, last shortest? the shortest? The, the shortest, the shortest. Yes. is Urban Meyer. I would say I think David the first. Cohen. I think the first to get fired is David Kelly. I think Urban Meyer might not last the year. Um, <laughs> what a I disaster. mean, what a disgrace. I mean, you go ahead. Can, we got to spend some time on this because we haven't had a chance. <laughs> I mean, to, to purposely hire a guy just to like send the message to your locker room that you What's don't the guy's name? care Doyle? about anything Doyle. that they Doyle. think. I mean, it's insane. Like, how, imagine being a player. There's a guy. There was a guy who went to Iowa, who's on the roster, and went on the record as saying, like, this guy was racist. And then he's playing for the team, and the ja- and then the Jaguars bring him in to be the, the coach. Yeah. Are you kidding Absolutely me? Right. I mean, it's yeah, ridiculous. I, mean, I, I agree with what you said, and. Uh, I, I don't mean to mention Chip Kelly's name again, but but when like Chip Kelly stood by Riley Cooper, one of the things that I said at the time was, when you're a new coach, you have a certain amount of equity, right? Do you want to exhaust that equity on Riley Cooper? 
well, do you want to exhaust the equity that you have uh, on Chris Doyle? Like, is 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 that the is is that the one you're gonna you're gonna puff your chest out and and you know so that I. I agree with 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 what you said, Bo. It it just didn't make sense. And it's 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 worse than the Riley Cooper thing because it's intentional. Like the Riley Cooper yeah. thing, obviously, like you know, if it's me, he's cut. You move on. He's not that good of a player. He's not worth yeah. you know uh, using that equity, as you said. But he was on the roster. He was already a player on the team. Like this is you are building your staff from scratch. You can hire. I mean, you can hire any strength coach exactly. in the world. Exactly. Like, you've got an open checkbook. You can hire anybody. And you are, like, intentionally sending the message that this is the guy who I want to tr- – who's going to deal with our players more than anybody else. This is the guy who wants to be, like, m- m- you know, my uh, intermediary to the players is – it it's in it's intentional and it tells you exactly what kind of program he wants to be running. He does not and has not accepted that the that coaching in the NFL is not the same as coaching in college in terms of right. dealing with the players. So, I mean, I, I feel like I think my it's a, take- it is a disaster that is already uh, happening, not even waiting to happen. I feel like my take on this from when they hired him is, holds up. You know, has already been like proven correct a few yeah. weeks in. You know, when I said. Don't screw this up. I mean, really, you have two first-round picks. You have the most cap space in the NFL. You're getting Trevor Lawrence. This is the kind of job where you should be able to come in and don't screw it up. You know, just go hire uh, a coach who at least has a high floor, a GM that has a high floor, and they instead choose to go all in with Urban Meyer. I mean, it was what was it, nine months ago where the guy, Chris Doyle, is let go from Iowa because of the mistreatment of black players? And like you said, you have every option. You can hire any college coach to come and be your strength coach, and instead you decide to pick this guy. And you say you've known him for 20 years. I mean, it is so ridiculous. I mean, the players, this isn't like one anonymous report. I mean... Players were teeing off on this guy on the record, and that's why he had to uh, he had to exit there from Iowa. And you decide that his value, because you've known him, uh, quote unquote, even though you've never been on the same staff as him, I believe, right, for uh, twenty yes. years, uh, because you've known him, that you're going to make him your strength coach. I mean, that was just uh, you know, and, and you thought that it would be like no big deal, and everyone would be like, okay, that's cool. I mean, you haven't even met your players yet. Like, you couldn't even make it to the first day of free agency uh, before being embroiled in controversy like this. So, uh, yeah, I will go with Urban Meyer for this one. Well, well, I mean, I, it's I, not even I, like I, a soft landing for the guy. Like you're bringing him in as like a consultant or something like that. It's just here you're, you're yeah. in charge again. Well, I know we, but, ta- and I know we talked about the minority coaching thing, uh, you know, at length, but just, it just struck me like, think of what he's Urban Meyer's willing to overlook to give this guy a right. chance and then think of what owners are willing to overlook to like not give black candidates a chance. I mean, that, that's really what, what uh, I know. It, I know it's a head coaching job versus strength coach. It's different, but like, just, just look at the playing fields like that anyway. And also, by the way, like uh, it's not like uh, Shad Khan is, is culpable here too. Like if urban Meyer yeah. says, I'm going to hire this guy, say no. 
Well, he's. I mean, they've been a train wreck of a franchise. Yeah. I mean, they can't win more than six games. You luck into seven wins in the NFL with the way the draft is set up. And this was like your opportunity for this huge reset. And this is the direction you went in. I mean, I just, I would be shocked if he had success there. Well, that being said, my answer to the question is David Coley <laughs> because he's a. Josh he's McCown's a already the coach in waiting. Well, because he's, he's a 60, probably yeah, already he's a looking to year old coach, with, like you know, take, Philly Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's a 65 year old coach taking over a team that uh, I don't know what direction they're going. They <laughs> they've been unstable. They have people going in and out. Um, that's that's probably the the one who is on the uh, the 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 worst footing, so to speak. Can I can I say the one thing in my life right now that pops into my head every day? And makes me laugh, and I swear this happens every, once every day. Is that Jack Easterby like stand up routine? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Once a day, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking of him going, I'm in California, and you're like, What's up, dude? And I'm just like, At first, this, I'm like, Why is like this, this in my head? And then I just am dying to myself, like, What the hell is going on there? So, Eagles fans, it could always be worse. Every time I'm 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 like you know it must be so hard to get into a position to run an NFL football team, and then you see that and you're like, how hard is it to get into a position? To run it's an NFL not. Team? This is the thing. Yeah. I, well, it is hard to get into the position, but yeah. it's not the best and the brightest. I mean, this is this is like the biggest eye opener from when I feel like you start covering the league. Where before you do, you're thinking, all right, there's only 32. This is a billion dollar industry. These are highly coveted highly competitive jobs and then you like interview people in positions of power and you go "Eh, you know that wasn't exactly the most impressive uh impressive guy i've ever heard some of them are but i would say the majority you're like all right you know let me do some digging on how that person got that job what worries me about the easterby clip is that uh like what's left out like what are the what are the cities that (laughs) that he was talking about that didn't make it in like i think there could be some even worse stuff in there that's I mean, That's all I'm saying. That was unbelievable. All right. Scott but who do you says, think is going to, if you, water gun to your head, who do you think, which coach lasts the longest? Oh, good question. Uh, I I'm know who you're going to say, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> what, Arthur course. Smith? Uh, yeah. No, uh, Brendan Steele, well, he has a shame. Arthur, Arthur, Arthur Smith is like, uh, wants to keep a guy for a while. So I think that's a fair bet. Arthur I mean, Arthur Blank. Blank Arthur I, Blank, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was like, um, what? Yeah, I think those, but that's a that's a good question. I um, I think so. I would say Smith or uh, Staley only because yeah. I mean I don't know if Staley's going to be good, but yeah, I, you know I think the floor for that team is probably going to be pretty high. And uh, you know, given their like history, if they're winning ten games and making it to the divisional round, I think they're probably going to be hesitant to say let's move in a different direction to get over the hump until it really uh, reaches that point and. Um, Arthur Smith, I think he could have uh, success in the short term. You know, I was looking at that uh, for my power rankings piece. I was looking at the Falcons, and they were 1-8 and eight in one-score games last year. They're bringing back Bo's boy Calvin Ridley to go along with Julio Jones and Matt Never had Ryan. Never season in his career. Dirt Cutter was a complete disaster, you know, in my opinion, as a play caller. And so I always look at, like, you know, who who's replacing the worst head coach. So I guess you could throw Robert Sala in there. I just don't know that, you know— well, it's the Jets. Like I think yeah, Sala right. will do a good job. I, yeah, but right. but it's the Jets. Like you know, you can't last forever. Okay, I think Zach's gonna like this one. 
Uh, this from Scott. A peck nest migrate for off-season trips for an NFL reporter mm. in a normal year. The Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, which is uh, early in the calendar of January. The NFL Combine in Indianapolis, although is that officially being moved or it could be moved? I forget. It could be um, moved in the future, but It yeah. could be moved, yeah. but not yet. Uh, that's in February. We had, Los a, Angeles. Yeah. we had a great time there uh, last year at this time. And then the owners' meetings, which is um, you know generally at some kind of swanky resort in Florida or Arizona. And, uh, you know, that one is very nice and relaxing. The only downgrade to that one um, is that, you know, it is a coach's breakfast. And so, you know, if, if you mind being up early, you know, I, I find that event to be a lot of fun. But it's not like you're, uh, you know, you, you do have to be there early in the morning. So that could affect some people. That yeah, so migrate. I, I can jump in here unless you want to go first, Bo or Shoe. Go ahead. Okay, so I am, I am definitely nesting the owners' meetings. Um, it's an event from a like uh, from a coverage perspective. You have that hour with the coach, and there's more substantive stuff to discuss because free agency has already passed at that point. So they already have a sense of their roster. It's a relaxed setting. You're you're talking to the owner there. Um, you ha- you you have access to really the 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 big decision makers with the organization uh gm coach owner um and uh and like she'll said it's uh it's in you know it's it's usually a warm weather place um it's a relaxed environment for the coaches the gms and the owners so you're able to have more human interaction with them than at some of the other events uh and uh yeah, and and it's it's more it's confined over three days, so I find myself much more efficient there than something that that drags on. I will peck the combine, love the combine, really enjoy it. Um, but uh, it's it's a from a coverage perspective, it's a weird time. It's really good chance to meet people, um, and but uh, there's also yeah, there's there's so many people there. Um, I am migrating the Senior Bowl, which I also really enjoy, and that's a great chance to meet people in 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 a more laid back environment. Um, but uh, of the three, I would definitely prefer the other two. I am uh, I am migrating the combine. Uh, I've oh. never been to a uh, owners meeting, so I'm going to peck that bad boy. Really? Oh. And then I'm I'm nesting the Senior Bowl. Uh, I like to get my I like to get my eyes on the on the players. That's like the only off season opportunity to uh, to football do that. Football guy, uh, football classic football guy. Yeah, uh, you know that I'm a football guy. Um, I want to see these guys in person. I want to see the way the ball comes out of their hand. <laughs> I want to see you know who when the guys are coming off the bus, who jumps out to you. That's what I want to see. How do they wear the pads? How do they move? Um, so senior bowl definitely for me. That's like my one of my favorite parts of the offseason. And you know, I don't like we've talked about it. I don't like the like the the forced uh, glad handing. I'm just not good at it. The you know, the uh, uh, the mingling. So if I if it's if it has to be taken away from me at the combine, that's fine. You mingled I with Z- me, Zach, Kent, you know? Yeah. yeah. You, you mingled yeah. with us last year at the combine. Nice yeah, pizza. I already know you guys. Ted Wynn? All right. Uh, I think I would probably go with uh, with Zach's, although uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I haven't been anywhere 
in a long time. I'm kind of like, oh, you know, the combine right now would be pretty fun to, to go I to mean, the combine. I, right don't now. get me wrong. I'd love to go to the combine right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is from Ski Bro. The combine was also like the last thing that any yeah. of us did before the pandemic yes. started. So it still feels to me like the combine was last week because yeah. that was the last thing before the world ended. Uh, Ski Bro asks, is it reasonable to think that Justin Jefferson would have outperformed what Rager did this past year if the Eagles drafted him? I personally yes. think that Jefferson yes. would have been marginally better in this offense and with the coaching staff around. Yeah, what do you think? Nuts. How many yards? How many yards would Justin Jefferson have had with the Eagles if he was on the team last year? 950. I think the, I think the better way to frame it is how many yards would Jalen Rager have had with the Vikings? Hmm. And I think mm. the answer to that is like 600. I don't know if he stayed. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, not to. Um, I think it's to, crazy to not to like to, to 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 take any credit away from Justin Jefferson. Anyway, go, go he, ahead. Yeah, not to knock Shiel here uh, because because Shiel is mm. is right mm. on on so knock, many things. We've deleted that tape. No, but but Bo and I both thought before <laughs> the draft that Jefferson was the better player, right? Mm. So like I I think that Jefferson is a better player. Than Jalen Rager, I I don't think it's because Shields not as much of a of a football guy. He doesn't he doesn't no, want to no, no, see these that. guys on the field uh, like I do. No, I I, I he doesn't have it in his blood. I understand. I didn't Shields get to go to the Senior Bowl. That's why. If I would have, <laughs> yeah. I would have had those rankings uh, nailed. <laughs> but uh, Jefferson <laughs> is, I, I mean Jefferson is is who he was at LSU. Uh, it's it's not like he was in this amazing system that accentuated his ability, right? He's just a really good receiver. And I think he's he's a better player than Jalen Rager. That's why he produced. Jake but yeah, F- I mean, it's it's also fair to say that in the terrible Eagles offense last year, he wouldn't have had 1,400 yards. Jake F. wants to know, how does the beat writer sports radio relationship develop? He says hmm. he, notices, he noticed that Zach is typically on one station while Bo and Sheil are on the other. Is it just a relationship with station management, or does the athletic decide and diversify? Ah. Uh, the athletic does not decide or diversify, or at least not in my case. Maybe with the national writers they do. Um, no, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, no, my thing with is anyone who anyone in the Philly market who texts me, I say yes. Uh, oh, really? Like that's yeah, without a doubt. So that I, I don't discern one station from the other. Uh, if you text it, and if you're listening, if you have a podcast in the field, like, like I'll say yes to anything. If it's like, uh, I'm serious. If Good it's, if it's, um, <laughs> like if, if the Edmonton radio station is, is texting me out of the blue sometimes, um, it has to be a situation where like, I am free. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not with the kids or I'm not like working at that, at that point. I'd be happy to jump on. I try to be agreeable, but in Philly, I, I think it's, it's part of our responsibility uh, to be out there, and if I have an expectation that people say yes when I try to interview them, I I think I owe the the same the same respect there. That's interesting. So if it's uh, all right, so I, I get the uh, the Philly one, but if it so if it's a station, uh, you know, anywhere around the country, you all you try to say yes to those as much as possible, unless you have a prior obligation. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. But Philly, okay. I'll always say yes. Like, I'll move stuff around un- unless, like, really? there's an interview or something. Wow. Bo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to me, uh, money talks. If you'll meet my price of $100 <laughs> a minute to be on the radio, then I'll, I'll talk to anybody. 
Uh, no, I uh, I I am not dissim- too too far off from Zach. I'll say I'll say yes to almost everything. Um, hmm, I'm going to start sending as, some of mine your way. Uh, big flex there. Um, <laughs> I mean, with 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 some uh, with some discerning taste, but yeah, as long as as long as it's not a conflict, I'll. I th- I actually feel similar to Zach that like I call random people all the time. It's not really a big deal to take ten minutes. Also, uh, I'll I'll just point this out real quick. Uh, I I vividly remember being at WAER Radio in Syracuse, which is like a small station, and I'm um, working there trying to get experience. And With I'm Nick emailing, Wright. yeah, with Nick Wright um, and, and Danny Parkinson, a, a lot of real good people. Um, and uh, I, I remember emailing all these different people for interviews, and I can tell you, like by name, everyone who said yes and everyone who didn't respond. Okay, um, let's hear and it. So. Well, I I don't I don't want to dime them out here, but um, no, you said you could do it. Now you got to prove it. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Tyler Kepner said yes. Dana O'Neill said yes. Uh, Paul Coral was a writer who covered the Phoenix Suns. I remember doing the Phoenix Suns thing. He said yes. Like, I I can go on down the list here. And who didn't um, respond? I don't want to get into that. <laughs> um, but but like the thing that Shield? that that bothers me the most about myself is if like is if someone emails you. And maybe like you were in the car and you forget to respond, and the person emails you back a second time. Like I, I get so furious at myself because, like it's it's one thing if you can't do something; it's another thing if you don't respond. So uh, if you're out there and I haven't responded to you, email me right now at zberman at theathletic.com, and I will definitely respond. I, I I agree with the respond angle there. I actually have many emails out there just hanging that I've sent uh, this week. People, come on, get back to me. Uh, I'm waiting. But uh, there, you know, sometimes it does take a long time, but eventually I feel like over 90% of the time I will always respond. However, I do not uh, do as many as you guys do. You know, I do. Big whiff out of you. Uh, you get so many offers. You're such a natural guy. No, I said guy. no. You, I don't. We probably get the we probably the get the same amount of offers, but I don't. I just say no. Uh, I say you know I can't make it now. I did when I moved back to Philadelphia have an agreement with uh, with WIP that has been many uh, many years now since uh, since 2017. So during the season, I have those two hits that I do every week, and then it's the off season. It's kind of whoever calls, but uh, it's tough with some of the uh, other markets. I feel like you know if it is a well, no, there's no way to say this without, yeah, you're, you're taking a whiff. But if it's from like some uh, small town in Arkansas and you're planning out your day and I've got my kids at this time and I've got to get this written by this time, then sometimes I'm like, you know, I know it's yeah. only a 15 minute hit, but like five minutes before I got to be ready. Uh, sometimes they're a little bit late. And so sometimes I will, you know, just say. Um, no, thanks. Sometimes I'll u- use that WIP agreement and say I have an agreement uh, with another station mm. and so I can't do it. Um, and other times I will just do it. It really depends, I think, on what kind of mood I'm in. And then also I feel like the second time they call is interesting because if sometimes you'll do the one hit and it'll go really well and you like the host and there's a nice chemistry and you'll say, all right, when they call again, I'll do that. And uh, there's other times where you're like, all right, you know, they mispronounced my name. They're asking me terrible questions. Yeah. They kept me for 25 minutes. Uh, I'm not. I'm never doing this one again. So anyway, one one other one other thing I would say that I think Zach would probably agree with, if it's like they're reaching out because they read something specific yeah. that I wrote, uh, then I'll do it. Uh, but if it's more just like we need somebody to talk about the Eagles generally, then I'll be a little bit more picky. Oh, I agree with you there. Actually, there was a. Uh, 
a time in the uh, in the media room back when we used to go into work um, when like four people. Uh, all all their phones buzzed like at the same time. The same producer <laughs> was just funny. going down the list, and that was when I was happy to say no to. Because then it's like you're you're basically just looking for someone to fill your time, right? You're you're not actually interested in what I have to say. Actually, you know what flex I just pull I've been pulling recently is this to to that point. I will say uh, if I'm saying yes, I'll say yes. Uh, you know, and if if it's about a specific thing, I'll say uh, would appreciate. Um, you know, any promotion you guys can give my piece on your social media channels, you know? And so yeah, like, I, like I was on with like the, the bills, uh, uh, radio station today. And so I asked for that and they did it and you know, they might say yes and not do it. If they do that, then I probably won't go on the next time because, um, you know, you, you do want to promote the company that actually gives you uh, paychecks. And as I tell my daughters, puts, puts yeah. the roof over our house anyway. Although they had in, no idea what I was talking about here, when I said that. In yeah, 2021 here, if if you're if like you're asking someone to come on a podcast or coming on a, a radio thing, you you need to uh, clarify now if it's a video thing because that's yes. become a recent pet peeve of mine when when like the it's a it's a Zoom thing and they expect you to be, uh, to come on video and uh, and you're not ready for the video component. It's also good to know how long they need you for. I would say absolutely mm. agree there. I'll give a shout out to uh, William, who is a a fourteen year old, uh, uh, very highly ambitious podcaster who shout asked to me Billy. to be who asked me to be on. I, I retweeted it earlier today. Uh, he emailed. I mean, this his emails were better written than I would say ninety percent <laughs> of the requests I get. His organization was off the charts. He said it's going to be on Zoom. Here's the link. He followed up the day of. Mm. The day before, he sent me the link afterwards. Uh, so uh, that guy is going places. Once he's eligible for some internships, uh, we, we will have to uh, get him here with The Athletic. He did a great job. All right. I hope that didn't sound like uh, you know three annoying sports writers complaining about the easiest job in the <laughs> Somebody world. Somebody asked the question. If it did, I apologize because yeah. I probably was taking the lead on that. All right. Phil says, we'll get to a few more here. Uh, Phil says, based on uh, Les Bowen's latest tweet, where he said, I think the Eagles could take a quarterback at six, which we discussed. He said, let's say the Eagles take a quarterback at six. Speculate on who would be available, who are the Eagles taking in your opinion, and who would you take? Uh, I assume he means just quarterbacks there. I'll be honest, I have not dug in on the quarterbacks yet, and so I don't want to give any uh, misinformed opinions. Do you guys have any have any opinions on the quarterbacks who could be available and who kind of has your interest right now? Uh, Paul, do you want to jump in or do you want me? Yeah, I'm, I haven't done as much work as I would okay. like to to answer the question, uh, although I can tell you that uh, Zach Wilson is a hard no for me. And uh, I would say my predilection is probably towards Lance over uh, over Justin Fields. But I, I want to, you know, because I got to see him in person when he was a true freshman. Sure. So mm. uh, I'm a big. Go ahead. I'm a big Justin Fields guy. Have I admit it have been all year. Um, uh, and so, but. Uh, for context here, in Dane Brugler's most recent mock draft, he had quarterback going one, two, three. He had a team. He had, I think, the Panthers trading up to get Fields, um, and and he had Wilson going too. In the mock draft before that, he had Fields lasting beyond the Eagles. I think he had Fields going seven. Um, so those are the three. And then there's kind of a thought that maybe uh, Trey Lance would be the one who's most likely to be there. I don't think Mac Jones is is. Like even in that conversation, 
uh, for you know, you know, top six, top ten picks. So you're looking at those four and probably the top three, just because there's less of a sample size with Trey Lance. But a, a team could, in theory, fall in love with him. Um, but uh, really, if if Deshaun Watson goes to Carolina, let's say that could shake a lot of things up. And then the other thing is, what's Atlanta going to do? F, you know, is is Atlanta going to take a quarterback? Or are they going to trade out of that spot? Uh, so that's a really interesting one to watch as well. Well, and I think it it does play in like the Eagles are in an interesting position at six because if if four quarterbacks go before uh, they pick, then all of a sudden you're guaranteed to get you know one of the two best non quarterbacks yeah. in the draft at six at, at six oh, <laughs> or sex if you want elsewhere. Okay, we'll sign off soon. But then you know there's a better chance you get Jamar Chase that way, I guess. Um, if only two of them go, which I think is probably unlikely, I think at least three are probably going to go before they go. Um, then, you know, if Chase also goes and let's say, you know, Sewell goes, then I think you're more likely to trade down from six, especially if somebody wants to come up and get a quarterback at six, the fourth quarterback. Are you guys buying the, uh, Daniel, J- the, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, uh, Kyle Pitts pick for the Eagles? I'm ex- we, I'm excited to get into uh, into these guys, but uh, my my initial reaction is uh, I think we'd bl- I think we would be uh, pretty outraged by taking a tight end at six. Oh, two of you guys, not me. Well, it, but the history right. is terrible, right? A first yeah. uh, tight ends who get taken in the first round, it's like the worst. Terrible. Uh, don't get caught up in the position. <laughs> Zach, Zach, we just uh, had this conversation about Isaiah got, Simmons last year. He is special, man. He is special. <laughs> This is perfect. That's on brand. I feel like I don't even. I have no draft days, but I probably could have guessed that that was you were gonna love that guy. Watch the play, and on top of that, he's a Philly guy. Oh, Um, oh, what's his Philly? Philly. uh, What's his? What was his high school? Uh, He was started at Abington High School. Oh, little Monco. And then he transferred to Archbishop Wood. He was a quarter. He's he's a rare guy who is the quarterback who, who wants to play tight end. Right, so he was a quarterback, and he kept saying, uh, "Like you know, he you know he his future was at tight end. He finally uh, moved over to tight end at at, at Archbishop Wood, uh, and then just emerged. Just you heard what Coach Flynn said about him. Coach Flynn said he's he's Travis Kelsey. Well, he would have to be to justify that. Uh, <laughs> he would have to. Be. <laughs> you better be guaranteed that he's either Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or Gronk, basically, to take him at that draft spot." So- so on, and there on are one no of guarantees. those um, on on one of those uh, interviews that those uh, radio interviews that's a flex before the 2017 <laughs> draft, I was saying that if Christian McCaffrey had wide receiver next to his name, he would be a first round pick, right? Like just based on what he, he was can a do first there. round like, pick, wasn't he? No, but I'm I, uh, I was saying like the he's such a special player. He could play wide receiver for you and be a first round pick. Um, like Kyle Pitts. If if Kyle Pitts was listed at at wide receiver, you would talk about him in the top ten. Well, as Tracer pointed out, Kelsey, yeah. Gronk, Kittle, none were first round picks. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And Vernon Davis was, I believe, the last one that he was the number six overall pick. Mm. And then T.J. Hawkinson was number eight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great. Yeah, so those were the only guys who were in single digits in. <laughs> That 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 like I uh, since Kellen Winslow basically. I have a take on I have a draft take on one of his teammates. Okay. Uh, Quiddy Pay. Uh, can't tell you anything about the player, but I can tell you that every time I see his name in a mock draft, I think to myself, uh, Quiddy Pay in the in the tune of Shimmy Shimmy Ya. Yeah. Wait, one Quiddy of whose teammates? Quiddy, huh? 
He he's a Michigan guy, Quiddy Pay. Oh, he is. Yeah, <laughs> tells, you, tells you that tells you how little I know. What <laughs> a great name! You're right. Yes. Who am I thinking? Oh, I guess I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's outstanding. All right, Whatever. we will get to uh, two more here, and then we will call it. Sorry, right. I went long on that. No, it's I didn't mean to bring up. We're time. only doing one he's, podcast uh, this week, he's, unless Wentz gets traded. Same initials. That's what I was talking about. Okay. Uh, Reld, I, I'm not sure exactly what this uh, what this Twitter handle is, but anyway, they say Will Sirianni's wide receiver coach background help get more out of Arthega Whiteside, Rager, Fulgham, etc. Could this thinking have influenced the hire, trying to exact extract more value from the significant investment of draft capital? Classic Eagles overcorrection. Uh, I will take this one. Uh, no, I don't think that has anything to do with the hire. However, uh, I do think it's interesting because the one thing I've heard about um, Sirianni is that uh, when he was with the Chargers, he really sort of, I think we talked about this, he really coached, not that Keenan Allen needed to be coached up, but Keenan Allen kind of respected him and liked that he was trying to make him better and that he did a good job there. And so I think Travis Fulgham is a very interesting player. I don't know if he's in your guys' uh, bold predictions, but to me, it was pretty obvious last year that the coaching staff had soured on him. Even as we were watching when he got into games, he was playing really well. So that would be a player I would like to see what Nick Sirianni and the uh, this coaching staff thinks of. Here's a tease for you. Okay. Travis Fulgham, not in my 10 bold predictions. Quez Watkins is. So there you okay. go. Uh, but yeah, I think, I mean, I think uh, Nick Sirianni better... They like they better. It's not the reason they hired him, but they better hope that he gets more out of the receivers than the last coaching staff did. Yeah, I agree with what both you guys said. I don't think it's why they hired him, but I had I had someone say to me, um, you know, you're making a big deal about Sirianni working with quarterbacks. He's he's one of the best wide receiver developers I've seen. So uh, mm-hmm. he's uh, I'm I'm real curious to see what he does at that position. And that, of course, was Jeffrey Lurie. <laughs> Jeffrey did not say that to me, no. Last question from Austin. Roger Goodell. How do other teams' front offices view the apparent botching of the Wentz trade? Had the Eagles tanked his value with their own chicanery? I mean, really, Mm. I just chose that question because if he he used another word instead of chicanery, uh, Austin, thank you for listening and submitting, but you really wouldn't have made the cut without that. But, I mean, outstanding job by him. It's not botched yet. I mean, we don't know. We don't know what they're going to yeah. get. Yeah. So we'll see. I think the more relevant question, not to, not to just ask a different question uh, from our listener, is how much, what is the outside, how much is the outside perception of the Eagles botching of the Wentz situation yes. coloring uh, the trade market? Um, because I think generally speaking, if if a team is is seen as willing to give up on a player, uh, that's going to crater his value. But uh, and we've talked about this. But if the perception is that the Eagles themselves are to blame for uh, you know the Carson Wentz situation, and we think we can fix him, then uh, you know more more teams are going to be interested. Yeah, well said. And and frankly, I I don't think Howie Roseman has done anything wrong in terms of. Like if he's if he was demanding a lot at the beginning, or if he's trying to do things to drum up a market, like that's that's Howie's job. And uh, you know, I, I I frankly think he's he's quite a, he's quite adept at, at that part of the job. Uh, so I have I have no objection there, but I do think you have to take a hard look at like the Wentz situation 
from the organization? Like, how did it get to that point, and what did they do to contribute to it? Uh, because when you exhaust five picks and, and spend $128 million on a player, and then you're trading him after five seasons, like, that is, that's that's bad. And so I, I, I think more there's a look at, at how it got to that point. I think it's going to be very, uh, you know, if you kind of looked at look at the ebbs and flows, I guess, of the last two months or even beyond that when we first started talking about trading Wentz. And I feel like, you know, right after the season, if there were conversations about trading Wentz, I don't think anyone would, you know, I think a lot of people would not have thought that a first round pick was even possible given how he, how poorly he had played and that he had gotten benched. And so like if they end up getting a second and a third round pick to me that, you know, unless we find out they, you know, they could have had a first rounder and they screwed Mm -hmm. it up, whatever. But like, if the final thing is a second and a third round pick to me, if you would have told me that a month ago, I would have said, you know, Howie Roseman probably did a pretty good job because I I think that would be hard to get. But then there was the Stafford deal, which clouds it. And then there are these, um, you know, I I don't know if they're leaks coming from the Eagles or what they certainly could be that, Oh, Eagles are looking for a Matthew Stafford type deal. And, you know, they're not just going to give this guy away. And so you play that game, but then it kind of gets people's expectations up that you're going to get that. And then it comes down and people might be, uh, the fan base at least might be disappointed. Not that they should really care about that. They should just care about maximizing uh, compensation. So we will see what happens. I feel like after this marathon pod, the, the trade's happening tomorrow, right? You know, they'll just make this entire podcast irrelevant and we'll have to do a live pod. It'll be just as long. And this will be the one that only like the true birds with friends hipsters actually listen to. They'll still get to so learn what's your about guys prediction? Uh, the, uh, you know, how the, how the sausage, how the to- tofu uh, sausage is made on uh, radio hits for sports. Yeah, players. that's true. Let's break that one out. Well, what do podcasters say? Break that one out for social. Isn't that a thing that some of them say? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that we... It's yeah. more of a social. Yeah, that's like what yeah. the, you know, the social... Kent, I didn't mean that. Please don't give yourself and another any... Cl- and another, another classic <laughs> lesson uh, that she gets to learn. It's not so easy to keep these bad boys short. No, I didn't try to keep this one short. I mean, I cut out a middle... If it were you, you would have kept the middle segment. And this <laughs> would be so. our this would be our two or three right now. So uh, I think I did a fantastic job. All right. Any, any, <laughs> any closing remarks from you guys? Zach, You don't have to have any. Oh, yeah, what's prediction your prediction for what? When I, it happens? Uh, 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 no, not when, because because we've already we're all over the place there <laughs> uh, already. I'm saying I'm saying Colts, and uh, I'm saying Eagles get 21, uh, but they give something else in the deal. They give up once and, and something. A second. Else. Okay, so that was my bold prediction mm-hmm. on the athletic. Yeah, so I can't change from that yeah. one. So I had. The okay. Eagles getting 21, giving up 37 and Wentz, and also getting a conditional 2022 third that turns into a second if Wentz plays a certain amount of snaps or achieves certain uh, whatever, yardage, whatever you want to say. Bo? Uh, and that I mean, was with I the Colts, to, by the way. Just, to, just to, to zag when you guys zig, I want to pick the not the Colts, but... How about uh, how about Wentz, Ertz, and Dillard to the Colts, like and maybe that. another mid round pick for twenty one. Okay, so you get twenty one and a mid round pick for those three players. No, no, no. That's you're giving up. You're, you're giving up a mid round pick. Oh, you're giving up <laughs> those three players and a mid round pick for twenty one. Yes, 
Oh, yeah. okay. So the Colts got three starters for their offense and a third round pick for <laughs> or and a mid round pick for twenty one. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, maybe some other maybe some other uh, you know, two thousand twenty two pick thrown in. Yeah, well. maybe they throw in that conditional I mentioned. That's an interesting yeah. trade. I mean, the Eagles are trying to, you know, Ertz is gone. Like, I love how, you know, like you said last time, Zach, that I don't know how this became a headline that like, ooh, Eagles might part ways with Zach Ertz. The guy was sobbing a month ago about how, how he said maybe he would come back for like a day to retire when he's done his career. And all of a sudden yeah. that was a thing. But I mean, you should just happens. do that. You should do that for all the moves that they have to do. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah Malik I'm Jackson. hearing the Eagles are going to move on from Malik Jackson yeah. and Alshon yeah. Jeffrey. And oh, wow, Eagles ready to move move on from Deshaun Jackson. Uh, a, a source tells me yeah, exactly. that the Eagles are, are going yeah. to reach or looking at restructuring uh, Fletcher Cox's deal. Uh, an, an agent and uh, a source close to the situation rather says Brandon Graham is willing to uh, restructure his deal for the Eagles. Lane Johnson is uh, willing right. to do it as well. It's right. like 10 breaking news that you got there. Well, it's a reminder. I, we, I, I, we are a little bit in our uh, bubble sometimes. I don't think it relates to that, but sometimes we do assume that, you know, people might, I don't know, maybe that's wrong. Maybe it's just not. No, but to Bo's point, I, I, I once joked around with somebody and it, it wasn't even a joke. It's a true statement. If you take a, if if you look at one of your articles and you just take a sentence, but then you put sources said at the end of it, mm. um, like people would eat it up so much more, you know. That's like if, if 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 you wrote, uh, you know, this could be the uh, the last game that Deshaun Jackson plays in, in an Eagles <laughs> uniform, or this could be the last game that Deshaun Jackson according plays in an Eagles source. uniform. <laughs> yeah, according to a league source, then all of a sudden it's it's like leading pro football talk. You know what I mean? I so. should have done that. Source yeah. offers ten bold predictions on the twenty twenty one NFL exactly. offseason. Exactly. Lead. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, am the source. Uh, yeah, Here are ten things I'm hearing around the league. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you to everyone who hung in for an hour and thirty four minutes. Sorry to Kent who had to produce this for an hour and 34 minutes. Marissa, I think we'll be back uh, next week. And uh, we, you know, leave those ratings, reviews, all those different types of things. Now's a good time to get those in. And uh, we will talk to you either when Carson Wentz gets traded or next week. Love you.